Welcome to Tea for Two Dominance. I am Miss Sugar Spice and this is my delicious friend, Exacting One. We are two curvaceous, lusty dominants who live the BDSM lifestyle 24-7. We are active in the Melbourne BDSM and alternative lifestyle scene. We welcome you to a very kinky conversation. So make yourself a cup of tea and enjoy. Warning, this podcast discusses adult concepts and ideas and is intended for 18 plus listeners. If you are under 18, go away. Now. Hello, boys, girls, non-binaries, and everybody else. (laughs) And welcome to episode two, season three. Of Teeth Two Dominas. Thanks. I forgot my cue. It's been a while. (laughs) So, I am Exacting One, and this is my gorgeous, intelligent, uh, diverse... All the things. Yes, my all the things partner here. Miss Sugar Spice, how are you all? And tonight, we are talking about, it's still, the care and feeding of your dominant, but we're talking about the sexual side of things. Mm. Well, I mean, we're always talking about the sexual side of things, but tonight we are really getting into the sexual side of things as in who's your dominant sexual needs yeah and 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 how does that how, how does it stack up when when you have i mean you know you've got two partners three partners however many in the relationship whose needs are going to be met first mm. or primarily and how do, how does that stack up hmm. i agree And I suppose we both look at it from different perspectives because I like to keep my submissives in cages Mm. and um, very sexually frustrated. So when I talk about um, meeting my sexual needs, my sexual needs are actually the primary goal of any sexualized play. I agree with that in the regard that... As the dominant, my sexual needs uh, need to be met as as the primary goal in any sexual interaction. But I also believe that a submissive does have to have their needs met in order to have the desire to continue serving. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty good carrot. Mm. Look, I, I do agree with that. And I think that meeting submissive's sexual needs is is a, a very important part of a dominance role. However, the dominant sexual needs should not be secondary to play or their sexual needs being met. Absolutely never. Mm. And, and I think that that right there is the point that really needs to come across here because so often, and I've, I've heard you talk about this as well, so often the emails we get or the, you know, the submissives that we meet are all like, and I want you to use me this way and I want you to do this to me and I want to have this happen. Mm-hmm. And, and you're just looking at them going, really, really, which one of us is serving the other? I'm, mm. I'm confused here. Yeah, and it's not only that. It's like, you know, Yes, I enjoy doing those types of of play and I enjoy, you know, meeting the needs of others. But at what point do you make sure as a dominant that your own needs are met? Yeah, because Mm. it is really, really easy to lose sight of that when you 
are trying to help your submissive expand their boundaries or realize, you know, a fantasy Mm. or a fetish. Mm. And you sometimes bend over backwards to help make that happen. And at the end of it all, you're going, hmm. Glad you had a nice time. That that was great. Mm. Yeah, look, I, I think... I think it's really important when you're developing a relationship with a dominant that you actually talk about the needs of both parties and how they're going to be met. Absolutely. And how consistently they're going to be met. Or, you know, is it a is it a 70-30? Is it a, a 50-50? Is it a both all the time? Like Because different dynamics need different levels of commitment to meeting sexual needs. And, you know, some people are quite asexual and, you know, they, they, you know they, don't, they don't really need that sexual stimulation to enjoy their play. Other people, you know, need sexual stimulation to, you know, even consider play to be finished. Mm-hmm. So an, an example is when I, when I play in public, it's very non-sexualized. It's very, it's just... It's the act of play for whatever it is, be it impact, be it spanking, be it bondage, be it torture, whatever it is, that's that's the extent of it. There's no sex involved. There's no sexualization involved. Whereas if I'm playing privately with um, my partner or other submissives, then there is an expectation that there will be quite a lot of sexuality actually but also that my sexual needs will be met prior to anybody else having theirs met. Mm-hmm. That's my expectation. So, you know, everyone has to be on the, on the same page. And, you know, there's, there's lots of different ways to meet a, a dominant sexual needs. It's not, I'm so sorry, I didn't turn my phone up. And if you're wondering, we're in a different location. We now have this funky little, I don't know, what would you call it, dingy den. And we are recording in there so if we sound different or if you notice that there's lots of background noises that's because we're actually in a different location but there are lots of ways to meet your um, dominance sexual needs and and you know there's there's forms of body worship there's forms of um you know service mm-hmm. to, a, to a dominant there's oral service there's you know it doesn't always have to involve involve a penis just let me tell you that boys Well, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because I recently had a discussion with a submissive who had really been beaten down emotionally as far as their sexuality was concerned. And they were really having a lot of doubts about their ability to perform up to my standards. Mm. And I listened and um, I kind of smiled because... Uh, you know, they were really worried about this. And, and I finally just said, look, let me let me stop you there. It's my job to teach you how to please me. Mm-hmm. And it's my job to speak up when you are not doing mm-hmm. a sufficient job or you need to change something about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And you are trying to take on my job by worrying about all of this. Mm. So I'm going to need you to take a step back, relax, mm. <laughs> and let me go to work. <laughs> mm. Look, another thing that I've done is I've actually bought a book about how to how to bring a woman to orgasm, mm. like a, whole, a whole heap of different different ways to do that. 
And that's quite good reading material for anybody who comes on board that, you know, may want to know the types of things that I require. So it's not just about like the physical teaching, but it can also be in, in terms of, you know, a submissive going home and researching different ways of, of being able to sexually please their dominant or to research different ways that women have orgasms. Because, like, you know, we all have the same bits, mm. but we all, the bits work differently for every woman. I don't know anybody who has the exact same protocol for stimulus. I know. Don't you love when they go, well, I know my way around a woman's body. Yeah. Really? Because you've never touched mine before. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> So, and I think that's that's something that's really important to to consider is that you know every woman's body reacts differently, and they need different stimuli in different orders or different you know pressures, or you know they might not need any stimuli to actually get off. So, and, and we all have different circumstances in our head. Mm-hmm. So, just because there's a physical reaction there doesn't mean that the emotional reaction to that physical reaction is going to be the same. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, as we all know, I, I like I like my submissives in cages. I yeah. like to control their sexuality. But, you know, and, and I've had a lot of questions from um, both submissives and dominants and people who are just interested in, and, well, how are your needs met if your submissive is always in a cage? Now, just because he's caged doesn't mean he's always in a cage. And it doesn't mean there aren't other ways for him to satisfy you. There are a thousand other ways to do it. I've got a book. Hello. <laughs> and, and just a little bit off topic here, but do you ever find that, um, especially with a new submissive or a new male who isn't necessarily submissive, mm. that they think that certain positions put you in a submissive place? I haven't actually, I, I haven't crossed that. But then I'm pretty dominant. I, I don't like to lie down. <laughs> well, I've I like, like to be on top. Look, for certain sizes and shapes of penises, certain positions are better suited to get me where I want to go. Mm. But the fact that I let him take me from behind doesn't mean that You're it's submissive. Not by a long fucking shot. You still better get the job done. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually haven't come across that. But, you know, maybe some, some people's psyche is is sort of wired that way. Mm. That if if somebody's doing all the work, they're the dominant part of the puzzle. Well, I just, I found that they'd be like, are you sure you're okay with that? Are you sure? You're, you're sure it's okay for me to be on top? Oh, my God. Uh, didn't I just tell you to get there? That's, it's, it's your job to actually listen to the direction that we're giving and do what we tell you to do. That's the whole point. So, yeah, look, you know, I, I think I think a lot of times uh, a dominant's sexual needs, they do sometimes, sometimes, not all times, become secondary in a play scene or a play scenario or... You know, the, the thing that I dislike the most is that you have a wonderful, wonderful play scene and you take them to all the places they want to go and then they're all floaty and then they're so spent they can't finish the job. And I'm like, oh, uh, damn. Oh, see, no, I don't even have that. I'm like, listen, 
Uh, if that's not going to work, then you have all these other appendages. So get back on the job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but no, sometimes I leave them so exhausted and so floaty that doing the job would be really, really hard. Oh, no. See, for me, I'm like, listen, if that doesn't work, uh, you better stick out your tongue, honey, (laughs) because... And and you better figure out how to breathe or you're going to suffocate. Mm. Yeah. Oh, actually, while we're talking about face sitting, I've got completely obsessed with watching the young, well, not all young, but, you know, the gentlemen. Are we talking about the ones on TikTok? On TikTok. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I listen, that when one. They say, when we say we want you to sit on our face, it means sit on our face, smother us, suffocate us. I love the one where the the girl uh, sent in a a comment that said, um, oh, I have really thick thighs, you'd suffocate. And he comes back with, and I am happy to sign a waiver that says that if I die like this, I went happy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm completely obsessed with them. I don't know, you know, if you're all on TikTok. But anyway, just, just put in the search face sitting and they are amazing. So there's actually no face sitting happening on TikTok, but there's definitely lots of conversations. About oh, it. hello! I had completely. I ha, I don't watch TikTok a whole lot, mm. but I've been on it. I think two or three times in the last few weeks, and I had forgotten all about the lesbians of TikTok. And I just want to say, girls, I missed you. <laughs> oh my gosh! If I can't sleep at night, all I watch is the lesbians of TikTok. Oh, my goodness. Beautiful, beautiful one who, who said something along the lines of she I think she was kind of say I think her point was that, you know, there's a lot of femme lesbians on TikTok mm. and she's like, but how about some masculine ones? And she does that snap and suddenly and I was just like, oh, oh, bring that over here because I've got a space for you. <laughs> I tell you, I've been Googling lesbian bars in in Melbourne so that I can really? go out. Let's do it. I just need to. I need to meet some of these women that will travel, you know, across country for some female action. I think that would be a good adventure to take. However, speaking of, speaking of, mm-hmm. I need for you to contact your waxer. We're going to do it. Mm. I'm there. I'm ready. Yes. Let's went, do it. I went and had all that done when I was, see, look, I have nails, I have pedicure, and I have been waxed. Okay. Well, so. I, I'm going to let you listen to me scream. <laughs> I I have oh, you heard finally it. wrapped yes. my head around it. I'm ready to do it. So we'll get back to what we were talking about. So, so yes, while, while a person is in custody, there are still lots and lots and lots of fun ways to get your dominant off. And, you know, something I, I, I just find looking at a submissive in chastity just instant, like I am turned on instantly. It just makes all the difference. But I, th- I think the important thing is that, you know, th- there has to be equilibrium in the relationship and there has to be that discussion about meeting the needs of your dominant because we all know and you know there'll be a lot of listeners who who may be guilty of this where you you find a new dominant and you want to do all the things for yourself you have your big list of things that you want done you want impact play you want you know breath play you want heavy bondage 
these are all the things I fantasize about people. Um, you know, but you have the whole list of things that you want to do. You have, you know, religious play. You want to be a, a, you know, a human couch. But, and it's great. And, and most dominants love those things. But where in that equation are you meeting the needs or the sexual needs of your dominant? And honestly, like, I, I feel like that... If they're not coming into this relationship going, how can I best serve this dominant? How can I convince this dominant that I am worth them spending the time to train me and and to dominate me? Mm. Then they're not going to be somebody I'm interested in. Mm, mm, mm. Yes, I agree. I agree. I just I, I feel like that the. How they're if they're if they're so focused on what they want mm. out of the relationship, their focus is for me completely in the wrong place, and and mm. and they need to spend some more time on that. Mm. Just maybe to give some background to that. Background, no insight, insight. So you meet a dominant, and you decide that you're going to play. And you turn up at their house on Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock as agreed. And you have a wonderful play session. And then you spend the night sleeping on the dog bed at the end of the bed or whatever the arrangement is. And then you wake up and you go, thanks very much. See you later. Bye. Where were the needs of your dominant met? I think this is something that, that you know, I, th- I think I've spoken before about journaling and, and how I would expect a submissive to be journaling. And one of the journal prompts that I would actually ask is, how did I meet the needs of my dominant? Mm-hmm. Did I, you know, did I do anything to meet their needs rather than just my list of, of things? And just recently I opened, um, I, ha- I actually haven't been on FetLife for mm, maybe eight or nine weeks um, because a lot's been going on in my personal and professional life. And so I opened it up to like 82 emails and I was like, oh, okay, there's got to be some good ones in here. And, you know, a a lot of them were, well, there's actually quite, there's quite a few, which if you're listening, I'm going to respond to you. But there are also other ones which are literally a one to, an A to Z of all the things that they like doing. And how wonderful my profile is and that they think that I could meet all of their needs. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, that was my reaction. It was like, really, really? You think I can meet all of your needs because I have the skills, but hmm, how are you going to meet my needs? Like what is, what's going to happen for me? See, and I, I think that this is kind of a byproduct of that special little flower. You know, we we talk about how a submissive has all of the power in the relationship. And, you know, I understand where that phrase comes from, probably better than most people do. Mm. But, no, they have a, a, an equal amount of power, mm. but they don't have all the power. Mm. It's interesting. I read something that I think that came up in a Facebook group. And it was like the right to safe word. And I, I agree 100% with safe words. Absolutely. And, I, you know, that was, I think, our very first. One of our first one three. One of our first episodes was a, was all about the importance of safe word. But it was, you know, there was it was a little bit confronting in that in any situation, any situation at all, 
a submissive has a right to to safe word. And I really sort of looked at it. I don't disagree with that. Don't I, you know? I don't want people to think I don't disagree with. I, I disagree with it. I I agree with that that analogy that they have a right to safe word. A dominant always also has the right to safe word. Mm-hmm. And say, actually, you know what? Abracadabra, I've had enough. Abracadabra is not my safe word. But on the podcast, abracadabra will be my safe word. And so, abracadabra, it's over. Because you know what? You're not meeting my needs. You're being a shit. You're being a brat. You're actually being needy. Like, you're not actually participating in the play that we agreed to. And it made me think that this whole movement towards submissives have all the power is actually disempowering dominance. Yes. For what the intention of a dominance role is, and that is to control the situation to the agreed point, you know, always to the agreed and consented point. But, you know, if, if you're in a play scene and, you know, they're not having the desired effect or you're mm-hmm. in a training session and it's not having the desired effect. You know, being able to safe word out of it is absolutely fabulous. But, you know, is it now being used to the point of ad nauseum where it's actually becoming quite irrelevant? Oh, I 100% agree with you. Mm. Um, and, and I've experienced the same thing recently with um, submissives always telling me, the new the new hot word a negotiated scene mm. and it's like really did did you think you had to remind me that that we were going to have to negotiate how this goes like mm. or are you just trying to show me that you read the latest memo mm. Mm. if if you're not negotiating a scene then you're fucking up so yeah. i mean yeah you know at least with with a new partner I mean, oh, I, I think absolutely. that I think that once you know you've you've got your partner collared and you're living together and so on and so forth, those negotiations change in tone and and length and everything. Mm. Um, yeah, most definitely. I mean, I very rarely negotiate with my partner. Yeah. Because we we've been together for so long that we understand. But there's always a conversation that says, "Hey, you know, is your headspace in this right now?" Because I. I've got this thing at the moment, right? I'll tell you all. So somebody might actually really be interested in this. I bought some piercing equipment. Oh. And I really want to strap somebody down and pierce them. But my partner keeps safe. (laughs) It's really disappointing. I just want to do it. So I'm trying to think, should I let you pierce anything? So anyway, I so I negotiate that I, I negotiate that sort of stuff with him, but of I don't course. I don't negotiate the little things like you know get on your knees and I'm going to strap you to the bed. Like I don't negotiate that because that's already been negotiated at the beginning of the relationship. Absolutely. Um, and and throughout the years, mm, repeatedly, it's constant conversation. You know, whenever we get in the car, we have conversations like that. I just, I find that there's a lot of things that, you know, since the advent of, of not the internet per se, but the, the number of places that we meet and converse and research the lifestyle on the internet, Mm. that there have become a number of, of hot words and, 
mm-hmm. you know, things that they that submissives feel like they have to show us they know, you know, they're so woke. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I love that word. Woke. I don't uh, actually like, you know, use it, but I love it. I'm just like, you're actually being a little bit disrespectful mm. when you, you know, throw that out there. Like, I didn't know that. Mm. And and I, I just, especially some of these younger submissives, and I'm just, I'm, I'm going, listen, I've been doing this longer than you've been alive. Mm. Please stop trying to instruct me. Mm. I, I do get it. It's a lot like when you're in a profession and you've been in the profession for 50 years and then, you know, someone just comes out of university and they've learned all the new fandangled things and they think that they're, they don't think that they're better, but they think that they're more skilled because they've got the most recent academic transcript. And I, I feel that a lot of people are coming into the scene like that. They've done a course. Mm. They've read the, you know, BDSM 101. They've read BDSM for dummies or whatever it is. You know. when, when, I, when I was new in the lifestyle, it was Castle Realm. You know, have you read all the articles on Castle Realm? Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I look pretty confused because I don't... It, it's, just, it's just another BDSM website. And, and it was a good one. There was fantastic information there. Mm. Um, and I think that a lot of people really identified with the people that wrote what was on the site because it was actually based on the life of, of a particular couple. Mm. Um, and, and it was a, a, it was a great site for learning about the lifestyle, but mm. it wasn't the end all be all. There are different ways of, of doing what we do. Mm. And the fact that you've read all the articles on castle realm does not make you an instant expert. I agree. A hundred percent. I agree that a, in, in 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 this scene, in the BDSM lifestyle, reading an article does not make you an expert because you actually have to do the thing. Yeah, And absolutely. once you've done the thing, then you can tell me. Yep. But I've done the thing and this was my experience. And see, I would actually say you have to have done the thing a number of times, times. with a number of different people mm-hmm. in, another, in a number of different circumstances. Oh, talking, this is like a party, how going to happen? <laughs> I just want to do a number of things with a number of different people under multiple circumstances. Well, Miss Sugar Spice, that is our half hour. Oh, that went too quick. I didn't even get to talk about multiple orgasms. Oh, well, we have another podcast to do. We'll have to do that another time, but in the meantime, you can just dream about it. Yum. <laughs> Stay kinky and have a good night. Bye. So we'd like to thank you for joining us for our Kinky Conversations today. And we'd like to start by thanking all of our Kinky supporters. Classic Ties, held at the club on Tuesdays at 7pm. Southeast Bush Bunnies, for when you just need to be naked in nature and all tied up. JS Alternative Photography, Lux Latex and Leather Polish and Care. And the club, Melbourne's only dedicated kink venue. For further information on these businesses, please visit our show notes.